Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Ellen. And you're listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. Uh, This week, we are talking about Six of Crows, uh, book one in the Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo. Um, It follows six misfits, I guess is probably the best way to describe them. Mm-hmm. Um, the the front of the book little caption says six dangerous outcasts one impossible heist yeah ooh I like it and that's sort of it right they get this opportunity to make a shit ton of money and they put together a team it felt a little oceans like eleven y to me mm-hmm. um uh I do and... love oceans eleven. Yeah, uh, that's kind of it, though, right? Is that they get this opportunity to, to, we'll say, rescue this person, and um, and they don't say no. <laughs> it's sort of the short answer of it. Now, I mm-hmm. have something really embarrassing that I have to um, admit onto this uh, podcast here. So, of course, the book is called Six of Crows. They're called the crows. Tell me why I was like 300 pages into this book before I realized it's called Six of Crows because six of the crow members are on this. Like, I was like the minute it hit me and for a split second, I was like, whoa, I'm so smart. Look what I figured out. And then the more I thought about it, I was like. Oh, you're just an idiot. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't think it could have been. It could have been maybe a little bit more obvious. Like someone could have said, like, there goes the six of crows or something like that. I think that would be the only way it could have been more obvious as to why this That's book very was true. called that. Though I don't know that all of them are actually official crows, but true. they kind of end up being, like, honorary right. Right. gang members or whatever. So, um... Yeah, so I'm going to just throw in our spoiler alert quickly yeah. um, while you get over your embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen. Um, but we will be talking in depth about the book per usual. Mm-hmm. So if you want spoilers, keep listening. If you don't want spoilers, <laughs> then s- stop listening and read the book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then come uh-huh. back. Um, and yeah, let's. Let's get to it. Let's begin. So, mm-hmm. Alex. Yes. Did you have a favorite character? I did. Okay. So it turns out that my favorite character, favorite part, and favorite quotes all are around the same person. Okay. So, um, my favorite character was, did we say that we're pronouncing her name Inej or Inej? I think it's Inej. Inej. I literally just watched a video about this just to make and sure that, that you Yeah, and it. you just told me and I already forgot. Yeah, so no, I think fine. it's Inej is what she, I think is what Lee Bardugo said. Okay, I love her storyline. I love the way that she thinks. I love the, um, just like the sayings and the way of viewing the world that like her people have. Mm-hmm. And how she is trying to align, like, her bad experiences with her life and still keep, like, what her family taught her yeah, alive in her mind. And also, 
just the fact that like she is so cool like she's called the wraith like Mm -hmm. who wouldn't want to be her to have those abilities to basically be spider-man but better and like you okay over there i i chose that exact moment to take a sip of my uh soda and you should know that when i'm spouting my wisdom (laughs) (laughs) there are often moments um i'm not gonna ever be able to look at her as anything but spider-man but better from now on just as a quick side note um i mean she is like, she can make no sound, she can come up on just about anyone, and climb anything, and go anywhere, and it's <laughs> so cool. And do and anything. Could, yeah, and if I could be one of the six, I would totally want to be her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. What cool. about you? Um, I'll tell you in a second. I did want to actually quickly say... Um, while it's not necessary to have read, um, the Shadow and Bone trilogy, I think we should also maybe put a spoiler alert out for that series, just because I have a couple things that I want to talk about that do sort of tie into those. I don't know about, I don't know about your end of it. So if you haven't read those books, you, I think you should. I think it helps build the world that Six of Crows takes place in better. I think it helps give you a better idea of what's going on. So we will be talking primarily about Six of Crows, but I do have a couple things that I will be mentioning about the previous trilogy. So if you Mm -hmm. don't want spoilers for those, uh, read those too. Um, But that's going to be Shadow and Bone, Storm and Siege, and And Ruin Ruin and Rising. Rising. So Yeah, that's so true. Um, I didn't even think about that, that it's a lot easier to dive into this book mm-hmm. knowing the world already. Right. Like, we know that this duology, the King of Stars du- Scars duology, and the Shadow and Bone trilogy are all in the same world. They even have a timeline. Like, this duology yeah. starts two years after the trilogy, and then the yeah. next duology starts a year after this duology. This ends. one finishes, right. and... Um, Thinking about it now, it would definitely be harder, I think, to get into this book because there's not a lot of explanation like, explanation and background mm-hmm. as to, like, what Civil War and, like, right. what the heck are the Grisha and, yeah. you know. So I just wanted to put that, that out there a little bit, um, just as sort of like a secondary spoiler alert. We won't be primarily talking about those, but I think there's going to be some stuff that we'll be mentioning that if you haven't read it and you don't like spoilers, then probably don't listen to this one quite yet either. Um, Well, that and at least I would, I don't know about you, I would recommend reading. I would too. And like that's, that's technically that's how it's suggest like Lee Bardugo, even on her website suggests reading them. Um, But I do know that there are quite a few people who either don't read the trilogy or read Six of Crows first. So, um, hmm. which is fine. I mean, you do you. <laughs> but, uh, yes. So, yes, I would also recommend reading those ones first if you haven't already. So, uh, with that tangent over with, <laughs> um, I had... So, it's really funny. So, I had two favorite characters with my second favorite character being a really close 
second favorite character. So since you took one of my favorite characters, <laughs> um, and by took, I, I don't mean like I can't have her as my favorite, but was since she you ex- your your first or your secondary? Favorite she's one character. of my firsts. So I had two firsts and then a secondary. Oh, okay. Right. So, and I loved her for all of the reasons that you loved her. So I don't have to go over that again, right? (laughs) So that means I can move my secondary person up into first place where I really wanted him anyways. Oh, is that how that works? And then, yes, I still technically have three favorite characters then, but I'm still only talking about two like I had been planning to do mostly anyways. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I try to please the masses. So, um, my other first favorite character was Nina. Um, I Mm -hmm. adored her. Yeah, she was definitely, like, if I had two favorite characters, she was my second. Yeah. I just loved how snarky she was. I loved that she was a redhead, because, you know, we gotta stick together. Um, I loved that she was a bigger care like um person like structurally wise like they talk about how she's heavier she's curvier she's i like that she's not very graceful (laughs) like there's there's parts at the end where she and inej are like sneaking around places and (laughs) and inej talks about her hitting the ground like a (laughs) like a sack of laundry (laughs) like i just thought that was so endearing um i loved um, her and so I've been saying Matias, but apparently, according to this video that I watched where Lee Bardugo was saying their names, it's supposed to be Matthias. So I'm gonna try really hard to say Matthias, but if I say Matthias, that is who I'm still talking about. I'm just mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, I loved like her and Matthias. Nope, <laughs> Matthias's whole like storyline. I liked their um sort of enemies to lovers. Well, or enemies to. Almost lovers. They're basically to enemies, there. To lovers, to enemies, <laughs> right, to almost like, lovers, I just loved, to enemies, to almost lovers. <laughs> exactly. I loved the whole part of that. Um, I loved and hated the sacrifice that she made at the end of the book. Like, Oh, yeah. We have to talk um, about that later. So there wasn't really much that I didn't love about her. Um, so, yeah. So she was right up there with Inej for me. And then right half a step below them was Jesper. I loved him so much. I love how snarky he is, and I loved sort of his weird, frantic energy. Like, um, and I was just very intrigued by his character. Um, and I loved his whole interactions with, um, Wylan and kind of who doesn't kind of want to be a wisecracking sharpshooter? Like, you know, like it just, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So those yeah, are my he's a very favorites. endearing character. Yeah, that's for sure. Girl, oh, we have to. I just okay. I'm just gonna ask you your favorite part, but we got some we got some talking to do later. <laughs> it's a good thing we have a podcast where we talk about this stuff because I I need to talk you, about this book. You have a lot of feelings. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. I'm like that girl from Mean Girls. Does she even yeah. go here? No, I just have a lot of feelings. <sighs> that could just be my, yeah, that could just be my life motto. That just um, describes you so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, <clears throat> okay, did you have a favorite part? 
or multiple favorite parts? I did. So I'm back to my somewhat typical, like, themed favorite parts. Okay, okay. Um, that kind of surround Inej. I really enjoyed any time she was doing something physical. Okay. And, like, the descriptions of that, like, her you know, climbing something or, you know, anytime she was being the wraith and you could see, like, how differently she was moving and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I just found it very intriguing and really cool. And, like, the way she was described, I could, like, really almost see it. Um, And then I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So those were my favorite parts of the book. Okay. What about you? So I had two favorite parts. Um, Okay. The first one was after they've made it on the boat and Inej has finally um, woken up from... um, I'm going to say her coma. Like, I don't think it's really a coma, but, like, Mm -hmm. Nina was keeping her in a coma to help her try to heal. Um, She's finally waking up, and she doesn't want to sleep again. And then she also doesn't want to see Kaz. So she asks Nina to stay with her. And, of course, Nina's like, of course. But then they sing together, and neither Mm -hmm. of them are very good. And they just sing, like, drinking songs with each other. Um... And I just loved that beautiful, like, moment of friendship between the two of them. Um, I thought it was very endearing that neither of them could sing. <laughs> you know, because I feel like so often in books, really in, in many pop culture things, right, you get the main character who can do everything, right? Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden they break out in song and you're just so surprised that they have the most angelic voice you've ever heard. Right. You shouldn't be surprised because it's Hollywood and, of course... The actor can sing as right, well exactly. as act, as well as um, dance, as well as, you know, stand on his head for a minute and yeah, exactly. anything else. So I just thought it was really endearing that these pretty formidable characters in their own, you know, respective ways, it would have been so easy for them to also be great singers. Especially, I feel like, with Nina, right? Because she's beautiful. She is a heart render. She... Um, like, everybody wants her, blah, 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 blah. Like, it would have been so easy for her to also be a good singer. But right. I just loved that it just made her more human, right? And again, mm-hmm. with um, Inej, like, she's the wraith. She's She can make no sound. She's incredibly badass. Like, all of this stuff. And it would have been easy for her also to be able to sing. And I just loved that that was the choice that she made. So I just, I thought that was just so endearing. And then as mm-hmm. someone who can't sing, I was like, Yes! <laughs> I'm not alone! <laughs> um, and then my next favorite part also goes back to sort of one of my favorite themes, I guess. Um, in It's a female character discovering her power. And mm-hmm. it was when Inej was in the... I keep calling it a chimney. It's not a chimney. But, like, she's climbing the exhaust right. mm-hmm. column or whatever. Yeah, um, duct maybe. Yeah, air duct. Yeah, so like she, yeah. like the furnace. Like she's she's climbing the air duct of this furnace. It's like scalding hot. She's still climbing it. Her feet are literally no. 
her shoes are literally melting to her feet. Like, you know, and she's climbing and she's being a total badass. And then she has this moment where she realizes herself and her power. She realizes that she wants to be the storm that like sets slaves free. Like she doesn't want anybody to have to go through what she went through. Um, and I was just like, I was there for it the whole time. I was like, yes. <laughs> so that was my second favorite part. Yeah. That was definitely a very emotional part for me too, because yeah. first of all, she's like climbing it and you're like, Oh my God, there's no way. As a reader, you're thinking, like, there's no way you can, you get the details of, like, her special shoes are starting to melt, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, not only as the reader are you, like, freaking out for her, Mm -hmm. but then she starts panicking, thinking, like, I have been trained for this. I know the own limits of my body. And we're past that point like yeah I don't think I can do this and then you're like oh my god I know yeah absolutely (laughs) and then she somehow somehow finds the strength within herself to keep going Mm -hmm. and at the same point it's not just her like continuing to climb like you said it's her realizing what she wants to do with herself and with her life yeah Ugh, I had like chills. I was so I was like ah, ah. Um, so yeah. Nice. Did you ever did, did you You wanna try that again? <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't understand what I was trying to say? Weird. Um, I know. Did you have a favorite quote or multiple? I had two, two? and they unsurprisingly were with Inej. Um, one of them was a Suli saying okay. um, that I thought was a very interesting way to look at things. Um, it's something that her father has told her multiple times, and it is, the heart is an arrow it demands aim to land true. Yes. And I was like, mm. oh, how interesting. Like, I've never thought of love like that, of how, like, you you can't just expect it to come out of nowhere, which is kind of how everything in our pop culture portrays it, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I dropped my pencil, and who picked it up? Oh, the love of oh. my life. You know? <laughs> For a second, I had no idea where you were going with that. You're like, oh, I dropped my pencil. And so for a split second, I thought, like, right here, you dropped your pencil. And I was like, then pick it up. Like, what, what are you talking Why about? Why are you, you telling you know? us about this? <laughs> right? And you're like, um, who picked it up? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then you were well, like. Well, I'm sorry that my rambling <laughs> doesn't make any no, sense it's t- it makes total sense but like i was all like i was like yeah that was hilarious oh my god um <laughs> so anyways i i liked that it was like a very different way to think about love and um and not even just love right but like purpose you mm-hmm. know like um yeah i like that a lot too mm-hmm. yeah so it definitely made me 
sit back and think, which I always enjoy. And you then like I do like thinking. Um, this one is also, is this a Nina chapter or an Inej chapter? I think it's Inej because, yeah, it is because um, she's the one who is, yeah, saying this. So they're in the middle of their heist and um, she and Nina are working on their No. Incorrect. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, that is not, that is not where this is. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the middle of the heist. Oh, my God. Sorry. I was like, the menagerie? There, there's not, um, okay. Anyways, they're, <laughs> okay. Nina and Inej are, trying to pass themselves off as girls of the menagerie as part of this heist and what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And um, this is when they, like, get the signal that they need to move forward on one of their parts of the heist. And it's Anej's thought about, like, as she gets that signal, and she's like, okay, now we have to, like, move forward and get going. And I just thought it was a very cool way to think about things so um just the way it was written so she thinks she'd shoved and now the boulder was rolling down the hill who knew what damage it might do and what might be built on the rubble mm-hmm. and i was just like oh i don't think like that i mean i guess it's the author being really like poetic and cool and writing about things in a way that I like to read, um, but I totally personally would not think like that with such imagery, and I really liked how she was describing how she was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So that was my other one. What about you? How many favorite quotes did you have? So I wrote down two of them. Okay. Um, I actually really, so I felt, okay. Okay, so I, as I was reading this, there were quite a few sayings that um, Matthias talks about the Fjordans having, like, in their everyday life, that I really thought were really awesome sayings, or, like, ways to think about things. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I dislike the Fjordans so much, and Mm -hmm. especially... Um, especially the Druskel, that I couldn't bring myself to write them down as favorite quotes because, <laughs> because I I don't agree with so much of, of what they're doing, right? They're hunting the Grisha down, they're torturing them, they're drugging them, we find out, right? All of this stuff. Um, so, but yeah. it's like some of the stuff like the... Um, water forgives but the ice doesn't or whatever like Mm -hmm. like I thought that was really cool um there were a couple other moments where he was talking about sort of what the Fjordans believe and sort of in the purest form of that belief is really beautiful but in sort of the way that it has been bastardized outside of that and what they've Mm -hmm. justified through those beliefs is then I was a little bit like okay 
Yeah, that's um, a really great reminder of the whole, you know, nothing is black and white. Yeah. Um, And then also just makes me think about today's society and religion and how um, Mm -hmm. people don't tend to, like, use religious beliefs and for their own, you know, intentions and twist them because that's not true. But there are definitely groups of people who have done that and continue to do that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think, I mean, it's, I think it, it's not true of everyone who believes in, in a no. religion, but it's certainly prevalent in many of the major religions in the world today also. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of the, the bastardization of the true meaning of, of what the religion was founded on. Mm-hmm. So I didn't write any of those down. I enjoyed okay. them. And in the truest sense of those beliefs, I really thought they were beautiful and I could agree with them, but I couldn't agree with them in the light of what we knew about the Fjordans. Mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, I didn't write down my first favorite quote until page 385 <laughs> of like a 460 page book. <laughs> Um, a little bit because I was feeling those feelings about some of my favorite quotes, but then also because, um, for pretty much the whole book, I was so into it that I couldn't put it down to make, I was able to make notes, which is funny, but like my, I've, I've learned that I can't really trust my talk to text when I do the favorite quotes. We've got, Ah, so you can do that with your notes. So it's easier to take the notes, but then with your quotes, you actually have to put the book down. I want to make sure that I'm actually writing Mm -hmm. the correct quote. Yeah. Cause we've had that come up a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. So, um, my first quote, unsurprisingly made me cry cause I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) We've talked about this in many other episodes, including earlier in this one. Um, so it, it came at the point, oh my gosh, so it came at the point where, so they're in the, they're way in the, into their heist. Um, Nina was flirting with Broom. We thought everything was going fine. He traps her and then Matthias shows up and for, Oh my God. Oh, oh my, that Can I tell you? <laughs> I, oh my God. The pure fear and, like, hatred that ran through my body, like, and and even I made this, (laughs) I made a point to write it down because I was like, (laughs) I refuse to believe that he's actually, like, he actually betrayed them. I couldn't think of the word betrayed. So I was like, traitored them? (laughs) Because, like, he would have been a traitor, but I couldn't think of the word. Like, I was like, I refuse to believe that he actually betrayed them. And then, of course, when we find out that he didn't, I was like, fuck yes! Like, right? Like, I was like, ah! Like, I was so happy. But, like, the pure fear and, like, hatred that went through my body when his face showed up in that window, I was like, ah! Like, oh my God. <laughs> I was so mad. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> ah! Um, and so... There was immediate relief when we found out that he was still on their side. Um, and then he um, he he renders Broom unconscious, right? And 
um, he has this moment where he is looking at his unconscious body and he says to him, the life you live, the hate you feel, it's poison. I can drink it no longer. And then he kisses him on the forehead and then they lock him in the room, right? And I, first of all, thought it was just a beautiful thing to for him to finally, it's what we've been hoping for, right? This whole book, right? Like, the will they won't they between him and Nina is so heavily based on how he can't seem to let go of this hate that he has been taught, despite the fact that he knows Nina and he knows what kind of person she is. Mm -hmm. And, right, even after she has that moment where she explains to him why she, like, turned him in to the Kirch um, sailors and, like, why all of that, right? He's still just, like, you can see little bits that are changing, but he's still just clinging to it so hard, which is understandable. It's his people. It's his, like, it's all he's ever known. And, but, like, just to finally have that moment, and especially (laughs) right after that, (laughs) all the emotions that I had about thinking that he had actually betrayed them, I I just, I just sobbed. I know, which just makes her sacrifice that much worse because finally he has changed his belief system mm-hmm. and therefore they can be together and, and then, then she just has to go and ruin it. Yeah, ruin it. That's what she did. <laughs> um, and then, so then my second one um, is... Uh, it's actually said a few times in the throughout the book, but it's really only my favorite p- quote in this context of it. Um, okay. And it's the Fjordan oath that they take to become a Druskel. Um, right? It's, uh, I have been made to protect you. Only in death will I be kept from this oath. And really my favorite part of this, though, was when Matthias... Um, says it specifically to Nina after oh, I know. after we find out that he did not betray them, that he's definitely on their side. He's going to be, you know, he's chosen her over his people. And then he says that oath to her. And I was already a little teary-eyed anyways because of the previous quote. So then I just, you know, surprise, surprise. It just, it just kept you crying yeah. continually for exactly. a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was my second favorite one. Those were pretty good quotes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I liked all of your your favorite characters, favorite quotes, favorite parts of the book. Thank you. You were really on, on, on top of it, this, this book. <laughs> have, I, have I been <laughs> not on top of it other books? Oh, no. No. Um, <laughs> you haven't, but I just, I felt like I really connected Resonated. to, like, every single thing that you, yeah, that you said it across all of them. Yeah. Um, but speaking of which, I I wanted to talk about this book in general and how I, like, struggled to get into the Shadow and Bone trilogy, mm-hmm. and it really took for the third book for me to finally be like, yes, like, let's go, I'm gonna keep mm-hmm. reading this, whereas this book, I was able to dive right in and was super engrossed from the first second, 
And then I was like, well, what's wrong with me that I'm like really connecting to these like cutthroats and gangs? Like, am I living the wrong lifestyle? Like, do I need to go? Do you need to go become a cutthroat? Yeah. Like, what's what's happening here? Am I am I figuring out my true life purpose is to go and steal from people and kill them and stuff? I don't know. So, yeah, I found it interesting and like kind of odd that. It was so much easier for me to get into this book. I wonder when, if that would have been the case know. if you hadn't read Shadow and Bone. Now that we because there was so much world building in mm-hmm. there that kind of didn't occur in this book, and so you could just get right into the plot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I so the other know. the other thing is is right. So you you mentioned that it was really the third book that really got you into the trilogy. Um, and the thing that's common about that book and then this book is the group of people, right? For so much of the first two books, not that they don't have people around them that are helping them, right? Um, but they have, um, they have, it's mostly just Alina and Mal or Alina and Mal and Nikolai, right? Like in the Mm. first two books, Mm -hmm. um, whereas... In the third book, you really get that, um, you kind of get that band of misfits energy, right? That you also get, obviously, in this book also. So I wonder if, more than anything, it's not that they're cutthroats, but it's the the group dynamic, right? Mm, and it's, like, mm-hmm. them all. Um, that's definitely possible. Um, that's Yeah, that's interesting. I really liked that it jumped from perspectives every chapter, yeah, um, but that you still like it wasn't like something like Game of Thrones where you were in so many like very different storylines. Like it was all the same storyline, it was all yeah. the same action, but it was just from a different perspective. Exactly. Every chapter, Except which for was I noticed really cool. closer to the end where things were really hitting the fan. That's when it started. Yes, it was still all within the same storyline, but that's where we got the most disconnect between each point of view because they were in yes they were all working towards that final goal but they were all in different parts and so mm-hmm. that was sort of the, the part where I started feeling like I do sometimes in other books where you jump points of view that I was like no like god damn like, it what's happening yeah. <laughs> right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yes, I don't know I, really I think for me it was it was fast enough that um that that wasn't an issue and I think Right, because you weren't spending multiple chapters with each person. It was like exactly, a, a and it kind of just enhanced the the tension that you were feeling and yes. the um, the like, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? Oh, yep. how is this going to happen? Um, by jumping between the different. Do you know characters. what made me so ang- not angry, frustrated though? So I didn't mind the jumping back and forth, except for we get a point of view in the first chapter that we never fucking get again. And it drove me crazy for the first few chapters of the book because, right, so the first chapter is in Juiced. I don't even know who he is, right? Like, we we get this point of view, we're introduced to characters that we do later find out are dead, right? But, like... We get introduced to characters. I thought we were going one direction. 
And then in the second chapter, I think it's Kaz's chapter, and, and then I'm like... And then we never hear, really, about those characters in the first chapter ever again. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a great way to, like, throw us off the scent of, like, our expectations of what was going Absolutely. to happen in the book. Absolutely. Like, it... Um, because, you know, if you read just the beginning of the like the front cover you know you get a little bit of a sense of what's supposed to happen in this book and you already know the world that they're in if you've read the trilogy right so for me it it pulled me in right away because I was like okay so who is he of the six like what's happening and then you realize that he's totally not and that there's this whole other thing that's happening. Right. Like... Oh, yeah. that I mean, that was the thing, too. Like, it totally pulled me in because I was, like, ready. But the thing that caught me up was that afterwards I was waiting for him to show back up. And then after I realized that I, we weren't going to get another chapter of his, and then I thought that he would show up, like, in, like, some of the side characters who we don't get chapters, right? Like... Well, he does show up. I forget in whose point of view. Oh, but shit, you, does he? You know what happens to him. Like, he's one of the guards that shows up. Um, <gasps> oh, with that is Kaz's chapter. That's so funny. Or whatever. Um, and he dies because all of them die because she told them to just wait and their yeah, bodies. Yeah, that's so funny. That. I didn't. That's so funny. So I, in that chapter, right, you find out what happens to Anya, because we learned her name in the first chapter, because mm-hmm. um, he talks about, she took it, she told them all to wait, that's why they were all doing that weird stuff, and then she died, <sighs> and so I was like, okay, even though he doesn't say her name, I was like, okay, that's Anya, and I never... I think because at that point I was still waiting for his next chapter because it's not too many chapters afterwards that you find that out. So I think in my head I was still waiting for his... That's so funny. I never even put that second half of the puzzle together. That he was one of those guys. Yeah, because yeah. of course he was. To me it was very obvious. I forget exactly what the details were, but I think there were just like a couple little yeah. hints that demonstrated who of the guards we knew like had already been introduced to were included in that group no it totally makes sense now that you've really laid it out for me but um i'm gonna i i obviously just missed it i'm gonna blame it on the fact that at that point in time i was still waiting for his next chapter so i didn't even cross my mind yeah but also it's kind of um (laughs) interesting because oftentimes you've said to me as we've read books like there's a purpose for the author to introduce characters so thoroughly that they couldn't just kill them off right away because they have, like, a right. greater purpose in the book. And then what happens? We get multiple characters killed off right away, even after we've been introduced to them. Not, like, a ton, but right, enough right, right. That, that, you know, we were intrigued by them and assumed they would play a bigger role. Right. Uh, granted, they did have a, a role, like, demonstrating to us just what exactly the characters were dealing with in terms of this, you know, drug and what it could actually do. But, yeah. And, of course, um, um, they did serve a purpose. 
But yeah, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I do want to talk about um, um, so much, really. <laughs> um, so it was interesting. So we got that chapter. I think it was in Kaz's point of view, right? Because he is meeting with the merchant. I I don't remember what mm-hmm. his name is. It's not worth it's not worth remembering what his name is. Um, and um, it was weird because right so we, in that first chapter we get the notice that he or that the Grisha are taking something and it is causing something else to happen, right? right in the first but we chapter have no idea. we have no idea what it is. And so then in whatever chapter that was, um, I found it really interesting that um, the effects of her magic stayed, like, were still effective after she died, right? Because so many times in, mm. in, in stories, not all the time, but certainly often in stories, when whoever's wielding the magic dies, the magic disappears with them. Um, and so then I was starting to think, is that just a Grisha trait, like, period? Like, Uh does their magic, which of course I think yes is the answer, right? Because if that weren't the case, then all of the things that we learned in Shadow and Bone and all of the things that the Grisha had made in those things, and then, like, other stuff, like, those would all disappear when they died, right? So it makes sense that it doesn't. But then I, and then part of me was wondering, though, if it was the Jerda, um, Parham, that was making it last after she died or if it was just the way their their magic worked. Did you have any thoughts about that? Like, So I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is something that's not always seen across, you know, the different fantasy worlds that are mm-hmm. created. Um, but based on the fact that, like... I don't know, their magic is what, like, if a a heart render um, or healer, like, heals you, would that mean that your body would unheal if they died or something? Or, like, the material kai making different things and imbuing their magic in different items, does that mean, would that mean that that item would no longer exist so to me it kind of makes sense that their magic doesn't die right of course so that's what that's the conclusion that i finally came to also but like at the at the first instance of that i was like like what is making it is it just the fact that that's how their magic works and that it doesn't go away when they die or is it because of the jerda param um so you say material kai and you yeah. say, like, corp- Ma- corporal Nakai? Material Kai, yeah. Corporal mm. Kai, and what was the other one? Um, it's, do you say Inferni? Yes. Interesting. Uh, the, it's the Etherel Kai, that's how I say it. Mm. Yeah. How are you pronouncing these? So I've been saying them... Like a Russian word, so oh like, oh, that's definitely how that's not how you say Russian words. Then see, yours is correct. How are you supposed to pronounce so it? So I've been saying I've been saying um, corporal key, 
ethereal key and material key. Ah. Uh, because okay, well. in Russian, right, which we, we know that at least in Ravka, like Ravka is a pseudo Russia. Mm hmm. Um. A K-I would make a key sound. Oh, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> now. Now I do. Um, <laughs> Thanks because for educating in, me. In, in Russian, an A-I would make the I sound. That's, you know, Nikolai. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, certainly in other languages, a standalone I can certainly make that noise. Um, and, but also, just because I'm saying that this is how I pronounce it, and this is the reason I pronounce it this way totally also doesn't mean that it's right it just means that these but are my reasons for reading definitely based on your reasoning makes a lot of sense and is highly probable that that's how they're <laughs> supposed to be pronounced yeah um well that's why i've been pronouncing it that way because it seems pretty logical to me but it also doesn't mean anything really um so i uh, i think the other part of going back to why i was thinking about the magic maybe stopping when they die or whatever is just because mostly just in the instance of Taylor's and in the instance of when we find out that Nina, um, like when she's, she's not, when she's quote unquote selling herself, she's not mm-hmm. selling her body, right? But she's selling her ability to alter people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't last forever either, right? The emotions, and then we know that the tailoring lasts for a, a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And we learn this even in Shadow and Bone, right, with Genya, right? Um, and, um, but it doesn't last forever. So I think that's also part of the reason that I was like, okay, so is it this medica- this medication, this drug that's causing it to keep lasting? But I think it just depends on what form of power you have. Because some mm. things don't last, but then the other things, like the healing and the building of things, those things do obviously last. Well, right. Similarly, like squalors. Right. Like, you know, controlling the elements. Can you imagine you make one wind and then it never goes away? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a lot. So, um, now I'm, I've got so many thoughts. About the magic, yeah. Yeah. So how long did it take you to realize that Jordy was his brother, his being cast? As, um, as a total 180. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Was it Was it when they laid it out for you? Yeah, I don't know that I suspected before I was told that yeah. that's who he I was. I didn't either. So that yeah. makes me that makes me feel better that <laughs> it it took me until she was mentioned something that um, yeah just uh, I mean I don't know that there were any clues for us to miss um, just because Kaz was is so closed off <sighs> about his past um, he's I'm so mad at him right because like I definitely was really confused about, like, his gloves and why he had such, like, physical reactions to anyone touching his skin. And I was so confused by it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, is there something, like, magical going on here? And then you find out the terrible experience that he had, and that's why he just, like, can't stand 
touching other people, um, skin to skin. But I don't know that there, that you would have been able. That's true. To guess that unless you, until you read like the part of his story. So I think (laughs) similarly to. Perfect. Finding out Jordy is his brother and like the life that he was living and how he got to where he was. (sighs) um, It was I didn't pick up on anything until we were told, like, word for word, his story. Um, yeah, for sure. So, okay. So, speaking of his whole story, that was heartbreaking. Like, none of their stories that we got their history on wasn't heartbreaking, like, as a, mm-hmm. as a quick Yeah, they've note. all gone through terrible um, things. But, like, oh, my God. Reading about him and his brother how young they were reading about how well they were being taken care of by the these people and then when he oh my god when he was like drawing up the um deal with them like with the how old is he 12 did they say right jordy was i think like jordy was 13 oh yeah right like jordy was 13 kaz was younger than that um and, um, I had this, as soon as he started talking about the money and I was like, oh, well, of course he's, he's manipulating him. He's going to screw him over. And. Oh, see, I totally didn't see that coming. Oh, what I, I definitely had the premonition of like, he, he they're going to lose the money somehow. Mm. I didn't connect it to the people who had taken them yeah in the heart heart taken them under their wings yeah heart zone so then i um i um i didn't want to keep reading like i literally as he was signing away the money and he would and and then when hurt hurt zone says and if something goes wrong you're not going to hold me to this was really the nail in the coffin. Like I already knew that he was about to screw them over, but that was like the last thing. And I literally closed the book and I didn't go back to it for like two hours. Like I could, like I was, I was so disgusted and angry and sad and like, and it sucks because there are people out there in the world who do shit like that. Right. Who take advantage of, People who, whether whether or not they're babies, <laughs> right? Like, they take advantage of people, and they screw people over, and they ruin people's lives, right? Like, and they don't give two flying fucks about it, right? And mm-hmm. so, like, I just, like, I couldn't bring myself to come back to it until I had, like, calmed down. Because I didn't want <laughs> to keep reading. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Um, so I wrote, I don't want to keep reading. And then when it was really laid out that he screwed them over, I wrote, oh, for fuck's sake, I was right. (laughs) And then I wrote, and of course, now it switches point of views. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) of course. Yeah, you don't get, I don't think you get, it's not all laid out. In the same chapter, right? Like you get that that part of it. And they get sick and he dies and yeah. Yeah. And then he has to float home on his oh, brother's corpse. Ugh. Um, yeah, that was just 
I'm glad, like, I'm not eating right now because that just, like, makes my stomach flip thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but also, just in talking about this again, I don't think I had... No, I didn't have this reaction when reading the book, but now that I'm thinking about it more, I'm really disappointed in Kaz because he's holding on to this revenge as the reason for living and for doing anything when his brother's death could have happened whether or not they were living on the street. Like, it just, it ravaged the whole city and really, you know, and... um, But I think, I think he realizes that his chances would have been higher if they could have hired someone to take care of them, or if they had gotten out of the city by that point in time, like, if they had had money and they moved to a farm, or, you know, like, if... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think just because um, in a couple of books we've read recently, it's really been pointed out that revenge is not the way to live your life, and it will mm-hmm. only add more grief um, that... Anytime I see someone <laughs> bent on revenge, I'm yeah. just like, no, don't do it. Yeah. It's going to end poorly. You're you're throwing your life away. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't Except have that for the thought Princess until Bride. just now. Ah, yeah. their revenge is totally okay. <laughs> well, it is. It's like one of the greatest <laughs> scenes in movie history, Alex. <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen The Princess Bride, which... My name is Inigo Montoya. Right. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Right? That's the best scene, right? So if you haven't seen... That is such a great scene. We're going to have a quick tangent. If you haven't seen The Princess Bride, it is literally my favorite movie in the whole world. It is so good. And there's this whole storyline where Inigo Montoya watched his father be murdered in front of him by the six-fingered man. And so he spends the rest of his life becoming like a master swords fighter, swordsman, swords fighter. I think it's either swordsman or sword fighter. Oh, great. Then I... Right, you just don't have the S in there. (laughs) Well, either way, I don't know where the hell that came from, because I would have just said swordsman. But... (sighs) And he finally finds the six-fingered man, and he goes after him... And it looks like he's going to die. It looks like it's all been for nothing. And then he, like, gets a second wind. And he, like, reinflicts all of the injuries that the six-fingered man just inflicted on him to this guy. And he's, like, and the, and the six-fingered man realizes he's about to die. Right? This is my favorite part in the whole movie. He realizes he's about to die. And he's, like, I'll give you anything you want. And, and then... Inigo says, promise me money. And he's like, yes, everything you wanted more. And he's like, promise me, you know, like everything. And then he, he goes, absolutely anything you want. And then right before he kills him, he goes, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. And then he kills him. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I have chills just like thinking about it. It's just like, if you want to talk about maybe the only time revenge actually works out is in that instance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably more. But, like, for me, that is, like, peak and also, like, the only time that I've really ever seen revenge be, like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's fair. 
I'm definitely going to watch Princess Bride later, just as a quick side note. Uh, <laughs> such a good movie. It's been like three weeks since I last watched it, so clearly I'm here <laughs> for it. I wonder how many times you've seen that in your life so At far. least a hundred, for sure. Really? For sure. There was a point what? in time, so... Um, I how had is that the, possible? I had the same babysitter for many years growing up. And there was a time she came over to my house to babysit me and my little brother. And I'm eight years older than my little brother. So, like, he went to bed super early. And then there was a huge chunk of time where it was just the two, like, Heidi and I. And then also, like, when he was awake, sometimes I was just doing stuff by myself because she was busy focusing on the baby. And so at least one instance, but I could say... I, I think it happened at least twice. But for sure, one instance, she came over. It was like early afternoon. And I watched that movie all the way through. Rewound the VHS. Watched it again. Rewound the VHS. Watched it again. I probably watched it four or five times just in one day. Right? And like, oh my god. <laughs> so I think I could say I've easily seen this movie a hundred times. Wow. Now, I will say... Has every single time been me just sitting in front of it watching it? No. Sometimes mm. I have it on in the background while I'm cleaning or reading or, like, it's not, like, every single time I've just been sitting there only watching the movie. Like, Gotcha. Okay. But I've it, it has probably played in my vicinity at, uh, at least a hundred times. <laughs> um, I can't even fathom that. And I still cry at the end of that movie every single time. I can't talk about it because I'm, I'm literally about to start crying. So, <laughs> so let's return. Shit. Okay, let's return to the book at hand. We can start a whole second podcast just about how much Ellen loves the Princess Bride at another point in time. Check, you know, coming soon. Um, <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh, Revenge. Kaz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit, that's gone. I was like, I don't even remember. For a split second, I didn't even remember what book we were talking about. I was, <laughs> I was too far gone. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I do understand your whole, like, it could have very well still happened if they had had their money. The only thing I can think of, like I said, is that maybe he's thinking that their chances would have been a little bit higher if mm-hmm. it had money. Um, yeah. But, oh, my God, yeah, that was just so... Um, that was just heartbreaking. So when did you realize that Pika, I've been calling him Pika Rollins. It could be Pekka. I don't really know. I've just been calling him Pika Rollins because I'm from the Midwest. And, um, so when did you realize that Herzun was Pika? Do you remember? I, I think, yeah, basically as soon as you find out that they were swindled by them and you already know that Kaz is out to get Rollins like Mm -hmm. that you know that he's trying to destroy him you don't know why but Mm -hmm. you know it and so as soon as you find out that that couple swindled them I was like that's it that's who he is Mm. okay so mine was mine was a little bit after that um because also for a long, a long time, for a good chunk of the f- first part of the book, 
I was having a hard time keeping um, Pika and Per Haskell separate in my head. Mm. I was having a hard time remembering which one <laughs> was the one that they all worked for and which gotcha. one was the one that Kaz had his vendetta against. Yeah, I mean, it also sometimes just appeared as if it was competition between two gangs. Yes, exactly. So I didn't quite realize until they get to the... um, I don't even remember exactly what part. But then, like, um, especially Inej, and then certainly in in Kaz's chapters, um, they're in Fjorda... And they're trying to get to the ice castle. Palace? I don't remember what they call it. Ice palace? White I think palace? it's castle. I don't remember. Whatever. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> and um, Kaz starts acting erratically. He's dropping things. He's moving slowly. He's not reacting to things. And I was like, what the actual fuck is going on? Like, is he having like a mental breakdown? Like, what is like? Is it because mm-hmm. is is it because he's like letting himself remember all of these things? Like, is he just? And then all of a sudden, it was just like a moment of clarity that I was like, oh, because we already know that Rollins has at least a a group of people who's also going for this guy. And then it like it like just finally it clicked, and I was like, oh he's freaking out because they're getting closer and closer to a point where they might come face to face with Pika and he's the guy who swindled them. Oh, like, see, I didn't think that that's why he was having all of those problems. Oh, what were you thinking? To me, it started when he opened the um the wagon with all of the people yeah. in it and they were expecting, you know, and it's because of his, he was reminded of the bodies that he had to lay in yeah, and he couldn't and that just like completely threw him mm-hmm. and then the fact that he had to take his gloves off and was, you know, touching people again, like, well, his, to his me, gloves to didn't me, come it off was, until after it was that, that. physical reaction yeah. reminder that yeah. then just threw him off. Yeah. From there and had nothing to do with um, Rollins for me. And also, I just looked it up. It's called the Ice Court. Court. Got it. Yes. Um, So the wagon part, that that part I understood. It was later as he was continuing to act erratically that that the Pika Rollins part came in. To play. Interesting. Yeah, I just assumed it was still. Yeah, no, that like, makes total sense. Also, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, and then of course, I knew that he when at the end when um we find out that Kaz like talked to Pika and he made that deal with him, um, and he said, but the part where he's like, "Do you know who I am?" and Pika was like. No, of course I have no fucking idea who you are. That, I just, I was, like, heartbroken. Like, I knew he wasn't going to know who he was. Yeah. But I was just, like, like, I just, I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see where that part of it goes in the future. Because now they're, they're not, like, working together, but they're, like, working kind of together. Yeah, except that Rollins wants to kill him as 
well, you know, yeah, as soon as possible. But yeah, and but Kat I don't still think... wants to destroy him. Well, of course, um, and, right? But that's the thing, right? Is like so they're kind of working together, but they both want to kill each other, and like. Yeah, it's kind of like your enemies' enemies become your friend or whatever. Like you have right. to work. You keep with your who you have to work. Friends with. close and your enemies closer or whatever. Um, um, I don't know if it was more that, but it's more like the desperation. Oh yeah. Of even that, even though he's your enemy, he becomes your friend because you now have like a bigger enemy that right. you have to face. Yes, the enemy of your my the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Is that what you were yeah. trying, is what you were saying? Mm-hmm. Duh, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of revelations and realizing when things are happening. Yes. Did you have any inkling that something was fishy with the merchant circle in them coming to Kaz and asking them for help and also how they were dealing with the, um, the like drug and the Grisha or like, did you see that betrayal at the end coming so i thought it was weird that the merchant council who's like basically the rulers of kirch would come to a gang and do it um but then i started just um i just justified it with the fact they would view them as expendable right like they wouldn't care if they died in the process because they weren't they're military and they weren't they're whatever and if they were caught and not killed they could be like oh it's just a group of thugs right it's just a group of pickpockets and and sharpshooters Mm -hmm. and and gang members um for me i so no is the short definitely (laughs) well i definitely thought it was odd to um and I saw a betrayal coming, but not in the way that it happened. Like, I thought it was odd, but again, kind of had your similar mindset. Yeah. But assumed that they would betray them in not wanting to protect right. the scientists at all, but to instead... Use him. Use it yep. for their own purposes yep. and create their own Grisha that they could control as exactly. a council. I didn't see the betrayal in that that merchant had just gone off on his own and was trying to do this by himself and it wasn't sanctioned by the the council themselves. That's that's pretty much what I thought too. Speaking of betrayal, the betrayal Mm -hmm. I felt when What's-His-Face was like, I can't remember the merchant's name. I don't care. But when What's-His-Face Was it Vanek? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Um, I I have it written down. So when he mentions at the end of that chapter that Jesper was the one who told him, I I literally thought my heart was stopped. Like I, I know. I was like, how dare he? How could he? You turn out he didn't do it on purpose. It was it was indirectly totally like he had no accidental. idea what he was doing. Yeah. Um. But, but old, that's not how it was portrayed initially. So you think at first uh, that he, like, purposefully betrayed them all. Yeah. Uh-huh. The pure horror. I thought the horror that I had when I thought Matthias had betrayed them was bad. But, like, 
but also even as I was furious and horrified and sad and heartbroken that he had betrayed them, it made more sense to me, right? Because he wasn't part of the like he was part right. Of like the there team. was there was a reason behind it. Like you could understand right. why he would have. Whereas exactly. with Jasper, it came out of nowhere. I, like, there was no. <sighs> reasoning that you could like you couldn't come up with excuses for him as to why he would do it oh and I just I was so I was so sad I oh Oh my god yeah it was awful yeah that was really hard um but even once you know that like he didn't do it intentionally But it's not that he didn't do anything. He went against Kaz's orders and just didn't think anything of saying, oh, yeah, I'm going on this trip. Like, it's going to be awesome, whatever. Oh, right. He still did something dumb. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't like he didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't think there would be any consequences. And much less something this big of a consequence. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've decided that I'm an idiot. (laughs) And why is that? Um, because whenever I read any sort of book that has the big reveal at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, this big reveal, right? They destroy the boat. You are... I did... Okay. So, at the end, I did think it was a little bit weird when they were like, where's the other lifeboat? And Kaz was like, it's being repaired. And I'm like, that's a little bit weird. But then, of course, I was just taken along with the story and I didn't think too uh-huh. much of it afterwards. And then they, like destroyed the boat and I was like huh and then I was but then I had that moment that I always tell you about where I'm like you're not going to kill off main characters off screen off the page like right like super Mm -hmm. big characters like Nina who are on that boat and especially after everything she had just done like you're not going to just like kill her and so then I was like and then of course that whole plan unfolds and you see every step that Kaz took and that you see that um, Wyland had been disguised as this um, boy. Oh whole... man, I did not see that coming. At I didn't all. either. And I and, and every time there's this huge reveal at the end of books like this, I'm always like, I had no idea. Like I, didn't, <laughs> I had no idea. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you had me hook, line, and sinker. I was like, I was there. And so that's why I decided that I'm an idiot because I would. I don't think I would ever be able to pull off some like big heist like this well then i must be an idiot with you because (laughs) similarly i was thinking especially not at the very end of the book but at the end of their time at the ice court when like more aspects of the plan are revealed that you didn't know about right um it was kind of interesting because you almost felt like you were one of the crew members because we know that Kaz only tells people as much as he thinks they right. need to know. Yeah. So oftentimes these characters are finding out this information as we as readers are finding out this information. Correct. So it almost made me feel like I was one of the gang members. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're so surprised. Me too. I had no idea it was coming, right? I am surprised too. <laughs> um, so that made me feel a little bit better and uh-huh. not as much of an idiot because of the way that Lee has her characters also not knowing all of this information because of just how closely Kaz holds all of his cards to his chest. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, 
like I I don't have a very devious mind, so right. I know I would not be so able to be a, looking at a yeah all of the details that are revealed, especially at the end. Um, and, and it's hard even, too because there are multiple times where you think Kaz makes a mistake to realize that he didn't, or and there's or actually more to the plan, did. or there is a mistake. So it's hard to know when you should actually be freaking out and when right. there's something coming that you didn't know about. Yeah, exactly. Or like, a combination of the two, because there are some times where it's a combination yes. of the two, where he makes a mistake but has a backup plan, but it's not enough of a backup plan to make up for the mistake. And yep. Yeah. And, like, even just, like, the planning for the future, right? So, like, coming across Pika Rollins, having the foresight that he knew he was going to need him in the future, right? And making that deal with him. And I know. I totally thought he killed him. I did too, right? Because he shows up covered in blood. Yeah. And, and I was like, like, why didn't he kill him? Like, that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not that forward thinking. I know. Always I having just... plans upon plans upon plans. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I So that's why I decided that I'm an idiot. Because I don't, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> See, I just like thinking of myself as one of the crows and I'm just another of his of You're just his along crew. for the, just along for the ride. I'm just along for the ride. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um so okay. And I'm so, like, yeah, I'm a badass crow. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's so many more things I want Okay. So I'm gonna let you pick. <laughs> okay. Should I start my rant about, oh. about, and by rant, it's not like an angry rant. Like some, some parts are like frustrated, but like, it's just like gushing. There we go. Should I start gushing about Nina and Matthias? Okay. Gushing, ranting, whatever about Inej and Kaz. Okay. Or mostly gushing about Jesper and Wylan. I think we should start with Jesper and Wyland. Good, that's because that's the least randy of all of mine. <laughs> because I thought they were super cute, and I totally love how the possibility of romance just came out of nowhere for me, because mm-hmm. I think I still have, as the norm in my mind, heterosexual sure. romantic relationships, right? Because that is still often considered the norm in our society. Right, unfortunately. And, and the relationships that are written about the most. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it was great to see the possibility of a different kind of relationship. Yeah. But it totally took me by surprise. Yeah. But then as, to, as soon as that possibility was revealed, I was like, ooh. Like, the first time I want to see where this is yeah. going. The first time Jesper said something to Wyland about, like, you're cute when you're frustrated, I was like, <gasps> and then I was like, I didn't know that I needed this, but I needed this in my life so badly. Like, I'm, and then, like, at the end, when he's talking to Wyland and Wyland looks like Kuei, and he's like, how many times were you the one standing next to me? And I didn't even know. And he was like, every time I was like, <laughs> like, like he wanted to spend time with him, even if he couldn't reveal to him who he really like. Oh, I just I'm so excited for the next book. I just I want more. I need all of it. Like, I just 
Um, and that's, and actually, that's it's that's my least ranty relationship in this whole book. Like, oh I'm, yeah, I mean, like, there's so much to rant about <laughs> about the other two. Ugh. It seems I have so many feelings because it's just in the beginning. This. It seems like the least. Um, uh, I'm going to use the word toxic, but like, I think Nina and Matthias have moved out of the toxic part of their relationship. Um, but the majority of the book is about the toxic part of their relationship. Right. So it's like the least toxic relationship that we, that we get in the book. So I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm like, yes, it's toxic. It's not toxic. It's like, I'm just, yeah. Can we talk about Kaz and Inej next? Because I'm so worried that he's never going to be able to give her anything. Yeah. Because of what he's turned himself into and how, like, he's, you know... Right, because, like, right at the end, Determined not to have any relationship or, you know, anything. And And he has that moment at the end when he's, like, dirty hands is here to help or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, I almost... There were quite a few times, so there was, the, of course, the time that I actually closed the book and walked away and was not positive that I was going to come back to it. Um, but there were quite a few other times that I momentarily closed the book and was like, I don't want to keep reading. And one of them is when Inej sort of tells him a, a, a version, or, or basically, she's like, at, like to ask me to like stay, say something to me. And he looks like he's about to say something, and then he doesn't. And I closed the book, and I was like, no. Like, just no. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I'm so mad at him. <laughs> oh, like, Because no. from the outside, we all know that she's not going to care about his history. Like, she's going to, you know. And, of course, I can understand why he's hesitant, because he, anybody he's ever cared about is dead. Like, he's had a... Like many of the people in the book, he's had a horrific background. But I was like, you motherfucker. (laughs) Just (laughs) all you have to do is just say something. Mm -hmm. Ask her to stay. You want her to stay. Ask her to stay. Even just that. Like, I just, I was so mad at him. (laughs) I know. I... I, I have a little bit of hope, but it's mostly tempered by s- severe skepticism on his <laughs> part, um, unfortunately. So I think if I'm they very... I think if they make it through this and become a couple, my prediction is it will be through like Inej's sheer determination. <laughs> Right, like I, I could be very wrong. Yeah, maybe we'll get a big. He finally realizes that he can't let her go without knowing how he feels. Like whatever, he could have a big moment like right, that. Right, like he could change, but probably not. But as of where we're sitting now, at the end of book one, if they get together, if they f- fucking rescue her in time, <laughs> um, then. Uh, 
it them getting together will will be mostly driven by her. Yeah, there are so many things that I like about Kaz, but then he does goes and does <laughs> something like pulls out a guy's eyeball with his hands Ugh. that just like it's very hard to reconcile the different parts of his person. Yeah. Yeah. Because he he genuinely cares about but also, can people we talk in about... his crew, even though he tries not to. Right. But also, can we just talk about how nonchalantly he pulled out that guy's eyeball? Oh, like, God, I know. I, like, I wasn't, for a second, I didn't believe that that's what was, like, I thought that was going to happen. But I was like, no, just because of how nonchalantly he was going about it. I was yeah. like, there's no way this is about to happen. Right, and then it like, does, and you're like, duh. It's a, it, she's, like, describing it, and she's like, he made one cut over his eye. And I was like, that seems like a weird place to cut him, but okay. And then she's like, and then another one in an X. And I was like... Hmm, this is getting more suspicious. Like, I had the same thought as you. But then, like, he, they're having, like, a... Like, he's just... Seems like he's basically just conversing with him. And then she's like, and then he, like, plucked it out of his head. And I was like, he, he did what? Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? What just happened here? <laughs> I was like, you can't just speed right past that. Like, you didn't just say he plucked someone's eyeball from their face. like With his hand. Oh my Ugh. god. I know, I had that same thought. I was like, uh, huh? What? I know, and like, now my eyeballs hurt. Yeah. Right. I'm like, now I have to protect my own eyes. I need safety goggles. <laughs> um, yeah, it is, it is hard to sort of reconcile the different parts. Because for me, especially, after finding out at least a, the good chunk of his backstory... Mm-hmm. It was so hard for me to look at him as anything other than a wounded boy left mm-hmm. alone in the world, you know, like, yeah, and that was just heartbreak. Like, it just, none of them have an easy backstory. Like, I mean, I guess maybe you could say Matthias, right? Like, even though he was being fed these hateful, this hateful rhetoric and all of that, like, I guess... You know, on the side note, he was well cared for and he had a family. Yeah. But he also had to survive prison. Right. So that's not great. But his bad backstory is much more recent than their bad backstory. And at least he was a little bit older. Though Jesper and Wylan also don't have it that bad either. Like Jesper. Well, clearly Wylan had it very bad. Like, right? Like he. Right? Like, oh, you think like abusive relationship with his father or something? Well, clearly it was re- abusive, right? So we find out that he couldn't, he can't read or write. Oh, I forgot about that part. Or, yeah, right? And so then, and then like the thing that his dad says at the end, like, thank God. Oh, I totally, I totally forgot about the end where he yeah. was totally fine letting his child. Yeah, he was like, thank ship. God my new wife is pregnant because the other one was just such a shit show, right? Like, so clearly, even though he grew up in a luxurious home, I can't imagine that that was a good situation in the house, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but yeah, and then, but the other, you know, the flip side with Jesper is we don't know enough about his story, right? Like, mm. we know a good chunk, but I feel like we don't know as much about his story as we know about, like. Kaz or right. Nina and Matthias and Inej, right? Like, because uh-huh. I feel like out of the six, so it's really interesting. So like out of the six, the only person who we don't get a chapter 
I don't think we ever got a Wyland chapter. I can't recall. Yeah. And and so and then but I feel like the primary chapters that we got were Inej, Nina, Kaz, and Matthias. Yeah, it was definitely the those four were much yeah. more prominent than Jasper and Wyland for sure. I don't think we got a Wyland chapter. Yeah, it's definitely possible that we didn't. But I just mean in terms of even seeing their characters right. and having their yeah. characters be involved and described and everything. Um, so I... But yeah, like, just like, none of them had a great growing up, you know? Okay, so I have a quick question. So speaking of not great growing ups, so Inej, while she was with her family, it seems like she probably had... A, a fine childhood, you mm-hmm. know. I kind happy... of pictured, I pictured them as like gypsies of Ravka. Is that what you were thinking? Yes. Although, just as a quick side note, um, they pref- the the group of people prefer to be called um, Ro- Romani, um, ah. Romani people, Romani because people. okay, gypsy is. Not not the good word anymore. Demeaning. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm not up to date on. That's okay. All of that. Because so I also only me. learned that within the past couple of years. So, um. But yes, that's basically what I pictured them as well. Was Romani, um. And um, they, so like while she was with her parents, seems great. But then of course she was captured on a slave ship and and brought over and then stuck into a brothel at 13 14 some ridiculous age yeah um i think she was there for a couple of years because she was there so she was there for at least a year because at sort of closer to the beginning of the book there's a, a moment where she's talking and she says something about um, let's see here. It, it gives us a little bit of a time frame, right? So she know we know she's 17 and she talks about um Yeah, so she says or she's thinking and she thinks, but maybe he didn't trust the crew to follow a girl like her only 2 years out of the brothels, not even 17 years old. So she's not even 17. So she's been out since she was 14, which means... 14 going on 15. Right. But, like... So so maybe a year a year and a half-ish yeah, to two like, years, I would say. Oh, just horrifying. I mean, horrifying in no matter what age you are, but especially in the face of her being a preteen. Right. Yeah, because at least Nina was in the brothels when she was older, and she wasn't actually providing services, right? The way that you typically do, right? And she was in a different brothel, right? She wasn't in the menagerie where, and she wasn't like she wasn't a prostitute. She right was selling different kinds of services. Um, I guess we don't know for sure, for sure, but she wasn't forced like she wasn't sold into it either like she chose right she chose to stay there and that was the one way she found that she right could like a living because that's a very different thing right like the, on the one hand there are people who choose to to do sex work with their life which is 
one thing. But then, of course, if you're forced into it, that's a whole... Slavery. Yeah. That's a whole... That's a whole other really bad issue. Like, you know, so, like, there's the choice versus the the not choice. Um, what... Oh. Where were we going with this? <laughs> I, was gonna, no, I was just about to say, what, and then I was about to say, what was so bad about Nina's life? And then, of course, I remembered that she was put out into the field too soon as a Grisha, right? So we find out she's Ravkin, and that's where, I think, for the most part, that's where having Red Shadow and Bone, besides just the whole world-building part of it, Nina's storyline is where it's most helpful Mm-hmm. To have exactly. read those ones, right? So we know that she was one of the children that was sent away from the little palace um, to Karamzin. Is that how you? I don't remember how yeah, it was something pronounced. Like that. Um, uh, for the war, and then so I'm sure that was scary and terrible. But she, oh, and then also. They were found. I forgot that they were found. And, you know, who knows what they saw as children. So she's she's been through a war as a child, probably saw some things, experienced yeah. some things that weren't great. And then... And then, of course, captured by, yeah. by the Druskel. Right. Yes. And kept in a holding cell and, and all of those yeah. horrifying things. Um, and then, despite the fact that it seems to have turned out well for her and Matthias... Even the fact that she was then, there was the whole shipwreck, and the only other person out there was someone who was sworn to kill her. Like, thankfully, it turned out well. Yeah. And I loved I loved their whole storyline. But, like, imagine the horror of, like, everyone else is dead, except for, oh, this one, the one person who, like, has sworn to kill me. And he's the guy... So it turns out that the, actually there were more survivors. But right. the only... At the time. person that she found alive in yes. the ocean near her. Right. That she the, could find was exactly. Matthias. Yes. Um, I love, can I tell you, I think one of my favorite tropes might be enemies to lovers. Like. It's, it's such a great trope. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I just love it. Like, just the, the will. Because there's so much, the, there's so much conflict in it. Which causes so much internal turmoil for me mm-hmm. as I'm reading it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so great. It is. I just, I just love it. It's so good. Um, and I just, yeah, like just, none of them had great childhood. Like, great all-encompassing childhoods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um... So, gosh. Um, so, okay, so I have a quick question. So speaking of Nina and Matthias, at the at the beginning-ish, or when we're first being introduced to Matthias, there's a part where she says something about testifying for him. Did you think she was testifying on his behalf? Um, because until I found out more later, there was a good chunk of time that I thought, because she talked about testifying, and in my head, I was like, oh, so she testified on his behalf, and that's why she's been trying to get Kaz to get him out of there, because 
she tried to save him. He still went into the prison. That's why she's been trying to get him out for the past year. But then, of course, we find out that she testified that he was a slaver, and that's what put him in the jail. Yeah, that's what I thought had happened, was that she testified against him. Got it. Okay. Realized the repercussions, tried to recant her statement and do something about it, and that didn't happen. Got it. So therefore she felt guilty and has been staying in the city ever since to try to figure out how to do something for him. Okay. Yeah, so mine, mine was for a good chunk until we found out a little bit more about their situation. I thought she had tried to save him from the prison, and then he still went in, and then... Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that point where we kind of first found out that there was some connection between her and him going to prison, it's... I can't remember what information we knew about them and their relationship, but I think we knew... That he was a Druskel. And Mm -hmm. that... Yeah. They hunted Grisha. And so, for me, that was an automatic, like, oh, of course she testified to put him away. Mm -hmm. Like, these people are killing off her people. Yeah. Um, In horrific, horrific ways, as we come to find out. Yeah. Um. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I have to, okay, I know you're about to go on another... Who knows? Like, who knows where I'm going? But I I wanted to just (laughs) bring up the fact that um, I think this book did a really great job of having us so engrossed in the characters, but at the same time paralleling so many things that are wrong in our world. Because with the Fjordans and their hatred, it really makes you hate this society. Mm-hmm. But then you get, like, the glimpses into why they think the way they think and why they think what they're doing is right. And it's it's an interesting reminder that like there's so much complexity to belief systems Mm -hmm. and I don't know it was just like as I was reading that I was just thinking about other groups like in our world yeah that similarly hate on other groups of people in ways that they claim are justified and the rest of the world doesn't view it as such um but it was, and I don't know, a combination of, like, realization of, like, how deep that hatred is mm-hmm. and how ingrained in the belief systems it is. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of hard to realize and accept. Um, but then at the same time, like, is a reminder of like, why things are happening to be able to better understand where people are coming from. Not that what they're doing is okay by any means, but to not not just, like, say, oh, those people are crazy or, you know, something like that. Like, they've gone off the deep end or whatever. Right. Which, Um, of course, I mean, 
And it can be simultaneously true, right? Like, they can have gone off the deep end, but also think that they, like, they can think that they haven't gone off the deep end through their Mm -hmm. belief system when, you know, and I think it's just such another fascinating um, uh, glimpse into how just because you think it's the right thing to do doesn't actually mean that it is the right thing to do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so many times in our history and present day, you know, people have done something because they or their group of people have deemed it to be the right thing, and it just hasn't been the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know me. I like a good Yeah, but then who who are we to say... That what we believe is right is actually right when well, we're saying that that's, <laughs> you know, not true. To, necessarily, I feel like to case. some extent, right? But like, to the other extent of that is, it's true. To to some extent, who are we to say that what what we think is right is right? But like, when it comes to killing people <laughs> because of what you think is right. That's not right. Like, that is, we can very clearly, I I think, say that you don't get to kill people because you don't think they belong here or um, should exist or, you know, whatever other, you know, like, um, I'm a firm believer in do whatever you want unless it hurts you or other people. Like, you know, like it, cause I don't care what you do, but the minute you start hurting other people or yourself, that's where that line gets crossed, you know, like. Yeah, but I, I, that's your, that's your belief system, right? And your, I think your standards are kind of high and I don't know (laughs) that they're. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, um, is okay because that's a cultural belief versus us imposing our Western democratic ideals on others versus these are now established human rights and therefore that's not okay, but who's determining that? It's, you know typically western culture so I, I don't know there's a there's a lot that we could be unpacking there that i don't <laughs> know the right answer oh and i certainly don't have the right answer it. either but um i think i think in some instances it's very easy to see who's actually on the right side and who's not and then other instances it's certainly much more difficult to to figure out um that can be another podcast that we start after I think by this point, we we're starting many different podcasts. Yeah, we we should have been keeping a list. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we can just go back and listen to our old episodes and start the list from there. Mm-hmm. And, Sounds um, good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how much did you love? So okay, so we know that Inej has named her daggers after different saints. How much did you love that she had an Alina Dagger? It was so great. I know. I was like, I was like, oh my god, the storylines that overlap. I was. Um, gonna, I, I literally had a moment where I was like, I know her. 
<laughs> yes, you have a personal connection. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, but like just, of course, through reading, right? Not through anything right. aside from. <laughs> but yeah, when she was like, and and there's the Anastasia and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and Sancta Alina. And I was like, I know her. <laughs> I know. Um, but I didn't know what the timeline was when I had started reading. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, how many years, like, late, like, to mm. me, I associated that meaning that there had to be way more years in between Got the it. series. Um, but then you read online that they're actually only two years apart. Um, and I think you had told me that by the time I had started the first one. Mm-hmm. So I went into it knowing that it was closer yeah. than that. Um which makes sense because she was already recognized as a saint before by the majority of Ravkins before a lot of the war actually occurred. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I loved that little um snippet. I loved every time <laughs> that uh Nina would talk about or think about Zoya. I thought I liked those little things. Um, I think at one point she mentions Genya um, mm-hmm. really briefly. Um, but my biggest excitement was at the end when Kaz, I think, is talking to Pika. And he's like, I need you to help me get a letter to the Ravkin capital. And my first thought was, are we going to see Nikolai? <laughs> Oh my I god, can him. you imagine Nikolai and Kaz putting their heads together? Oh my f- no. The whole they world would <laughs> rule the world. Yeah. Or or ruin it. <laughs> um But it that was my first explode. thought was are we gonna see my first thought was Nikolai, and then of course I was like, well, or maybe some of the other characters, maybe not Nikolai himself, because he's mm-hmm. busy being king. But Right. Um but especially since we know that the next duology is about Nikolai. That was my little hope that maybe we were going to see him. Because I miss him. <laughs> oh, now, now I'm hopeful. Um, thanks for planting that seed. You're very um, welcome. Um, definitely um, excited about that for sure. Um, I have just some little funny things that I want to talk about at some point, just okay. as a side note. So. Okay. We could do that now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, if you insist. So I just yeah. wrote down ghosts and then a page number. And I think... Oh, is this... Okay, so I wanted to talk about... I'm not sure if this is the same thing. But I was very intrigued by how Matthias saw Inej and Kaz and how mm-hmm. he can, like, see that they're different. And he calls them demons, I think. So I don't know if that's what you were referring to or not. Not quite. Um, so oh, there's this okay. part where they're trying to figure out how they're going to get into Fjorda. And they are talking about, like, do we go to Ravka? Like, do we try to go up through Ravka? And then they decide to still just keep track on where, like, keep, stay the course is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just this last little paragraph, and it's the last part, paragraph of part two. And um, Kaz says, we enter from the north as planned. Jesper knocked his head against the hall and cast his eyes heavenward, which I love the idea of him just being like, Ugh, like, okay, fine. And he goes, fine. But if Pika Rollins kills us all, <laughs> I'm going to get Wyland's ghost to teach my ghost 
how to play the flute just so that I can annoy the hell out of your ghost. And then it says, Brecker's lips quirked. I totally forgot about that. And he goes, I'll just hire Matthias's ghost to kick your ghost's ass. And then Matthias goes, my ghost won't associate with your ghost. Um, and I just love yeah, that we're having this, like, very kind of logical conversation about what <laughs> their ghosts are going to do. And then Matthias is just like, oh, my ghost will not be associating with your ghost. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I like this book and the third one so much more. Is the humor. The, the, yeah, the yeah. humor that's so much it's the group more of cons- people. consistent. Yeah. 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 Not the, that there wasn't humor in the first two books of mm-hmm. the trilogy because there was. Um, but it wasn't as consistent. Mm-hmm. Which I really liked. Um but can we just go back to that point that I thought you were making, but it turns out you were not about yeah. how <laughs> Matthias sees Anej and Kaz as something other. Yeah. And I want to know more about that. Like, is that, is there something to that? Or he's just, just the way that, like, his culture sees things. He just, like, recognizes her, you know, capabilities of being quiet Mm. and, you know, or is there, like, because of his training, he's seeing something that is actually, Mm. like different about them and uh, that was very intriguing to me and I had no idea what to think about it yeah Um, so I don't know if you had any so my thoughts on it were were that he just was picking up on the fact that they weren't like other humans right like I don't I didn't but like what does that mean I was gonna tell you (laughs) sorry I'm impatient it's okay you may continue Um, Uh, and not that they had magic, but he just realized that they had skills that set them apart from the others, right? So she is very silent. She is, you know, she's quiet. And he comes from a people who, um, we know that at the very least they don't let their women fight, right? So she's a very unusual woman for him to be coming across, right? So, like, that's why he looks at her... I then found really odd that there were, there was at least one, if not multiple female guards at the ice court that were mentioned specifically as being female. Right. Which took me by surprise because we do know that they don't let their women fight. So I was like, this is, was this done on accident? Like, this seems very contradictory. So my Um, only thought about that part of it was they don't let them, like, fight in war. But, like, they let them... So, kind of, like, in, in like, America, right? Like, we, um, like, we have female military members, you know, and they do, like, right? But, like, um, and I, of course, don't know specifically right now, like, so I could, but for a long time, they were able to join the armed forces, but they were joining not as, like... Um, frontline soldiers. They were joining as, um, like my cousin um, was a commander in the Air Force, right? So like she was able to like fly planes and and she did a lot of stuff with the Air Force, but she wasn't like 
a frontline soldier, right? And so I don't I don't know if that's still the case in American military, but like they're able to join and they're able to do some aspects of service, but they're not able to do like every aspect of it, or at least at the point where they were allowed to start joining, that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of what I was looking at it as. Like they're able to be guards, but they're not going to be sent out if war breaks out. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay, I can see that. Um, but yeah, so that so that was my thought about about how he thought about Inej, right? Was that she just was so unlike any other woman that he'd really ever come into contact with. And then with Kaz, um, I thought it was just the fact that he saw, like, how calculating and cold and reserved and even though he was in this group of people, like, how separate he still was from all of these people and just sort of he gave it an otherworldly name because it was different from what he was used to. Hmm. Right? So, like, he became something supernatural just because he had no basis for it in his concept of humanity. Okay. Because that happens all the time in in our human history. We give things... We have given things names in the past that later, when we learn more about it, we're like, oh, like, right? Like, the whole... Like, the ancient Greeks had so many myths about gods and goddesses changing the seasons and sunrises and volcanoes and lightning because they didn't understand why these things were happening. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, it had to be some supernatural deity. But of course, now that we have more information about it, we know that lightning happens because of hot and cold and and volcanoes erupt because of stuff that makes volcanoes erupt and And earthquakes happen not because the gods are angry but there are plates way under the ocean that are shaking and hitting each other and right like we learn these things as we get more information about the world Mm -hmm. um and not that his people are primitive but like they just don't have a basis for people like Inej and Kaz and so that's why he gave them. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, though I'm kind what of disappointed because <laughs> I think I think it's um, the tectonic plates are part of the process. Oh, for um, the volcanoes too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think so. I did <laughs> take an Earth Systems class that taught me this information, <laughs> but I no longer recall. I was so ready with volcanoes, and I was like, and volcanoes erupt. And, of course, I know in ancient Greece, because the gods were angry, you know, um, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I know that it's not that reason now, but, like, I don't... That there is science behind it that we understand. <laughs> I just don't... Um, if not fully, a lot better than just the gods being angry. Right. Um, so that's how I sort of looked at it. Okay. Well, yeah, I have. But to now I'm interested to see if maybe there is disappointed. More. Yeah, because I kind of want there to be something mm. more. Um, though I, unfortunately, I think what you're saying resonates and makes more sense mm. than okay. my hope that there's something more to them. Got um, it. But at the same time, there were a couple of magical things 
in the last series that I totally didn't expect because I thought right. I knew, yeah, like what the boundaries of the magic of that world were. Yeah. So I mean, maybe we don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I don't um, know. did you see Jesper being Grisha? Oh, I had no idea. No. That yeah. took me completely by so, surprise. Same. I was like, what? <laughs> I wonder if that's part of all of his excessive energy is that he wasn't using his magic and so that typically has mm -hmm. a physical effect and so that could also be why he's so thin sick but for him he just like the energy that he should have been using with his magic has to be expelled somehow so he's just constantly like always yeah and maybe that's why he's so thin too because right, they always talk about how he's like a string bean and he's like really tall and he's just right. bone and skin and yeah. maybe that's his version of not using his magic. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm very interested to okay. see if any of that changes. Pans out? If he, yeah. yeah, if he starts using his magic more, mm-hmm. if, um, if those changes occur. Okay. Hmm, very interesting. Okay, so speaking of Grisha, we're going to jump to Nina really quick, because can I tell you, there's so much, the, the number of times that I wrote at the tail end of this, the pure horror I felt when I thought this happened, so many times. <clears throat> it happened when I thought Matthias had betrayed them. It happened when I thought Je- Jesper had betrayed them on purpose. Um, and then it happened when they're facing down the army and they first of all they shoot Matthias and then like she saves Matthias immediately which oh my god thank you she being Nina who has taken the Jerda Param but then despite the fact that literally like a page before he had been shot and she had pulled the bullet out and healed him when it talked about how many times she had been shot I was like oh my god what and then of course she did the exact same thing to herself but like the horror I felt like, each individual time as if she hadn't just, like, totally saved him. Like, I didn't even think about, like, her being able to do that for herself as well. But, like, and then just, like, the horror of, and now, like, it does appear that maybe she's going to make it through the withdrawal. Um, Right? Because, like, right at the end, um, when we get Pika Rollins's chapter, he talks about yeah. how she's there, but she's like skin and bones, and she looks yeah, awful. Yeah, but even and... but even if she does make it through, what kind of changes? Yeah, like what re- in her person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very nervous about that. I am too, but I'm like, I I have last time we read a series by Lee Bardugo, I let you. <laughs> convince me that something bad was going to happen with my homegirl and something did bad did happen but not in the way that you thought but I'm gonna hold steady to my belief in who she is as a person and she's gonna be okay and all right she's gonna I'm, pull I'm I'm not so hopeful so we'll see who has the right of it um I'm and and I'm hopeful because Part of the reason I'm hopeful is because they're reaching out to the Ravkin capital. So even if we don't see Nikolai, I think it's very likely that we'll see Zoya because of how often she was mentioned in this book. So I think it's very likely we'll see her. We might see Genya, 
you know, like there might be, even if it's not Nikolai, I, I'm hoping that we get to see him too. But I think reaching out to other really established, really powerful Grisha, I think is maybe, if she can't do it on her own, it's going to be the link that mm. helps save her. All right. All right. I like that. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, so while we're getting back to the topic of, like, cute, funny things to yes. discuss, because we've kind of sidetracked ourselves, That's okay. per usual, um, I just wanted to mention that I really like how merchants in this world are called merchers. Yeah. And how Jesper calls Wylan a merchling. Um, I just think that's so cute to make, like, slight changes like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if maybe there actually is, like, a cultural reason that she's, like, drawing from whatever cultures she's presenting and that there's some inspiration behind that other than I just think it's cute that she's not using the term merchant all the time yeah um so i don't know if that's the case or not but i just think it's really cute that is very cute i agree um just another reason that i just love them i know um okay so i on this one i just wrote i love jesper exclamation point and then page numbers (sighs) you know Only you had been more helpful to yourself. Yeah. And this happens more than once. So, or has happened more than once. Um, oh, okay. So it's it's after Inez has woken up. It's after the cute little moment where they, you know, sing together all night long. And Jesper, okay. um, Jesper comes in. He sees that she's sitting up. He's... Um, his first words are to her, you're not dead, right? Like, they're super cute. Um, and she says, no more than anyone. And he says, if you're spouting depressing Suli wisdom, then you must be feeling better. Um, and then Nina's like, can you help me, like, get her dressed? And Inej is like, I can do it. And she's like, no, you can't walk. You can't, or I mean, you can't bend. You can't jump. You can't climb. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're still in, in very early healing stages here. Um and she's like, if you don't promise me to do this, I'm going to slow your heart down and you're going to be sleeping again. Um, <laughs> and then she's, and then Inej is like, Nina, as soon as I figure out where you put my knives, we're going to have some words. And then Nina's like, well, the first ones I better hear are, thank you, oh, great Nina, for dedicating every waking moment of this miserable journey to saving my life. And then she basically says that to her. And then Nina was like, oh, my God, I was teasing. Like, you know, stop. Um, And then Inej is like, no, this is like a debt I'm glad to bear. (laughs) And then they start talking about waffles, which I thought was adorable. Um, Because Nina's like, okay, fine. So you can pay your debt. When we're back in Ketterdam, you're going to take me out. You're going to take me out (laughs) for waffles. And um, she's like, dessert for a life? Like, that doesn't quite seem... To be fair, and Nina's like, well, they better be really good waffles. Um, 
And then Jesper's like, I know the place. They have apple syrup. And then Nina's like, you're not invited. <laughs> and then... Um, oh my god, now I want waffles with apple syrup. That sounds so that sound good. Doesn't sound amazing? Um, so, but then, sh- this is the part that really was like, oh my god, I love Jesper. Is he... Um, um, they get Inej standing up and they're both like holding her up. And Inej is like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to fall over. And then Jesper says, um, she goes, this is foolishness. I'm fine. And he goes, you are, replied Jesper. But I may keel over at any moment. So pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that he can see that she's very uncomfortable with all of the attention that's on her, which I'm super familiar with. I hate, like, having attention on me. I love helping people, but I hate when, like, people are helping me like it just it's that can be a whole nother podcast that we can start um (laughs) and we've started three just in this episode alone i think perfect point i mean we'll just have an empire of our own podcasts perfect um it's how we'll make our millions i'm ready here we go um and yeah um i just love that he can recognize how uncomfortable she is and and I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of humor, just period, but especially to, like, help draw people out of their uh, shell or how uncomfortable they are or anything like that. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was adorable. Um, um, so I just want to note that I was half paying attention to you, half dreaming about how we would spend our millions from our podcasts um, yes all, and all so of I them? just started thinking about all the houses that you or I would get like of okay. course one or both of us would have a chateau in the south of France yeah. and then a cute little cottage in Ireland or Scotland like maybe we would each choose a country so like you would have one in Ireland I'd have one in Scotland and we'd both you know you sure. could visit any of them whenever we want to and yes okay yeah so I was just fantasizing um while you were keeping us on track and finishing your thoughts okay so anyways <laughs> i can we start a whole nother podcast where you just tell me about this dream that you've had for our lives <laughs> perfect sounds good four podcasts that we've started in this <laughs> chris evans will obviously be included as your husband as oh, your future perfect. husband <laughs> got it um what great um Who's your future husband? Henry Cavill? Is that who no, we're picking for? No, I, I plan on meeting a civilian. Oh. <laughs> Got it. I don't need all of that that fame. Um, well, Alex. down on my privacy. You know I'm a very, I'm a pretty private person, so. But, I mean, same, but also, how do you think we're going to make millions if we're not going to become famous in and of our own right? Well, I guess I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> um, so I think you need to maybe just revisit that little part of right. it because Are I don't you saying think... that I need to reevaluate my privacy or the fact that I'm even doing this podcast and should probably stop if I want to keep it that way. Um, maybe both. Um, uh huh. Because uh-huh. okay. certainly, for the most part, privacy is fine, but you know. Sometimes too much privacy is not good. I'm saying this yes. to you, but also to me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like, mostly just like, 
there's not really a way for us to make millions without also becoming famous. So... Unless we invent something really cool. Mm, like a bajillion and podcasts? It, and sell it for millions. <laughs> okay. That would be creating content that would rely on people to follow us, mm-hmm. which would, again, the famous part versus if we came up with a really cool concept and then sold it for millions of dollars, mm-hmm. then that mm-hmm. would not require us to be famous. So yeah. why don't you put on your thinking cap? And oh, I have to, I have to come up with this? Yes. Oh. I already know that I'm not good at out-of-the-box thinking. Oh, so I've it. resigned myself to the fact that I probably will not be making millions through a cool invention or idea. And therefore, I'm relying on friends and family to do it for me. Oh. And then I can just live off of you guys. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. It's one of my many life plans. Yesterday, <laughs> I saw an article on... Um, all of the attractive bachelors who are royalty in the world currently and decided that another possible life plan could just be meeting one of them and getting them to fall in love with me. And therefore, you know, I'd also become royalty. Got it. And yeah, that would be my life. Okay. Okay. I have, Um, I have a lot of these, you know, far-fetched. Interesting. AKA super realistic. They're going to actually happen in real life plans. (laughs) yeah for sure totally totally a thousand percent totally gonna happen Mm -hmm, absolutely mm -hmm. yeah um but as we learned from kaz it's good to have contingency plans so i'm glad oh oh my god these are my contingency plans i'm so smart you are see you're not an idiot i'm an idiot (laughs) over here putting all my eggs in the podcast and or somehow meeting and marrying chris evans um baskets so Mm -hmm. and that second basket is a little creepy (laughs) seeing Mm -hmm. as he has no idea who I am and I love him (laughs) yeah that is that is pretty creepy (laughs) you know so I do take heart in the fact though that there are many people in the world who he does not know exist but also love him so I'm at least not alone (laughs) This is true. This is true. Um, No. Oh, my gosh. Just to clarify, I don't really have all my eggs in that basket. I mean, I wouldn't be sad if that somehow happened. Um, But mostly my eggs are just everywhere. I don't have a basket. I just, I just, it's like, it's like Easter Sunday. I just keep finding eggs places. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, so I have, I think, just one more thing that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, did you see the fact that the Fjordans were using the Grisha um, coming? I should have because of um, the hints of like Nina recognizing that a lot of their court there were multiple things that were Grisha made Mm -hmm. like including the wall and like other things so you knew that that was at least part of their past Mm -hmm. that they used them whether they used them as slaves or their culture was different and they weren't hunting them at that point yeah um 
so I should have seen it coming that they were currently using them, but I totally didn't. So my, right, so, like, my inklings started when Matthias was so adamant that they wouldn't keep Bull you by your, um, alive, that they would kill him, right, instead of keeping him alive. I was like, well, no, of course they're not going to do that. They're definitely going to be using him and so at that point, I thought to create this so that they can help kill more and more Grisha was my first thought. Mm. And then at one point, before they get to the city, um, they're talking about this bridge, right? That, like, the ice is so thin that you can still see the, like, moving water underneath it. But it's also somehow sturdy enough for people to, like, walk and ride across. And so then I was like, oh, that sounds like... Grisha magic and then I was like oh so that's what they're doing is that they're publicly rounding them up and in some cases killing them but they're I bet they're also taking them as slaves and then of course we get to the palace and she starts realizing that so many of these things are Grisha made and then I was like mm-hmm Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I associated that with like, oh, in their past, they yeah. must have been either doing instead of like, totally they're not valid. actually killing them, they're keeping them for yeah. their own purposes and saying, so it's even worse, they're like spouting these beliefs and creating all these people that have this hatred and then actually going back on it and, and not doing what, like, you know, this group of people is meant to hunt down and kill all of these people when right. they, then the leaders don't actually do that at all. Well, well not I at mean, all, because they still do that, but they, they hunt also them down the for sure. Time. And they yeah. hate, and they hate them, um, but they're also using them instead of, instead of killing them. Yeah. Like, like, both one bad is, things. Like, one is better yeah. than the other. Yeah. I no, it's, um, so. but yeah, so. I was pretty proud of myself in seeing that coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed by that because I totally did not at all. It was that was definitely a surprise for yeah. me for sure. Especially after my revelation of how far into the book it took me to realize that the six of crows were these six <laughs> people. Um, when it when it came to light that I had been right about that, I was like, oh thank God! Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm super excited for book two, Crooked Mm -hmm. Kingdom, coming up next week. Um, I'm excited to see if if you're right, if maybe there is a little bit something more to Inej and Kaz. I'm excited to see what happens to my my sweet Nina. Oh, gosh. I'm I'm so nervous about it. I know. I'm excited. I'm You're excited you... and hopeful, and I'm just like, it's going to be terrible. Nothing's going to happen the way I want it to happen. And I'm, I'm not going to let you shake my faith it. this time. I let you do it with Alina, and it turns out I should have just stayed the course with my homegirl. So I'm not going to let have. you do it to me this time. <laughs> um, That's I'm, ex- I'm excited to see who and if we get to see anybody from the previous series... I'm excited. So join us next week. We'll talk about book two in the duology. Um, 
And as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at uniquely... No. We're on Instagram. What am I saying? (laughs) Did I say Instagram the first time? Okay, great. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. I usually say that the other way around, which is what threw me off really badly. Um, And then, of course, you can always email us at uh, uniquelyportablemagic at podcast.com. Nope. (laughs) I'm falling apart over here. I didn't say it in my normal order, and now I don't know anything. Um, You can email us at (laughs) uniquelymagic... Alex, how can they email us? (laughs) Oh, that's totally fine. She stopped recording already, so that's fine. Um, You can email us at uniquelyportablemagicpodcast at gmail.com is what I was trying to say. And now I'm just going to stop before this gets worse. (laughs) So we'll see you all next week. Bye.